more than people can. Oh, I think that's a dating thing. Okay. But if you're talking about cats themselves, there can be an awful lot of them, especially if they're, uh, they're left to run wild without being spayed or neutered. Uh, they're they're going to be wild, difficult uh, to handle. I don't know. They might not even smell too good. Smelly cat, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? Uh, let's see. <laughs> the produced version of Phoebe Buffet from Friends and her Smelly Cat song. Uh, having some fun with that a little bit, but it's a, it's a serious situation because the feral cats unchecked will just keep making more. So the uh, Edmonton Humane Society, I believe this is the first year, I'll check in with our guest here in a second, is trying something a little different. They go and they get the wild cats, they bring them in, they get them, they trap them, spay and neuter them, and then release them back into those wild colonies that they were part of anyway. At least that's better than the alternative, which would be putting them down, obviously, which is not something that the Humane Society wants to have to do. Liza Sunley is the CEO of the Edmonton Humane Society, joining us uh, this morning. Liza, thanks so much for uh, for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, are the wild cats, are they smelly cats when they come in? <laughs> they sure can be, yep. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Where did this idea come from? Uh, is First off, is this the first year that you, uh, as an organization, have done this? first year that we've done it this way. Um, so in the past, we've done um, trap new to return, we call it a TNR, um, but more on kind of a one-off basis where, you know, particular uh, property owners were bringing a few cats here and there. Um, but we know that the better strategy is to do these larger scale kinds of clinics where we bring in a, as many of the whole colony as we can. We aim for the whole colony, bring them in, spay neuter them, and then release them. So we we tried that last year in partnership, but this was our first solo one. So okay. we got some training, and uh, now we're ready to uh, tackle this on our own. Well, give me an idea. You say entire colonies of wild cats. Uh, I, I guess I don't spend enough time in the urban areas. Are these urban wild cats? Are they rural wild cats? Do you see them on a regular basis? How many can be in a colony? I'm curious about this whole world that's out there. Yeah, I mean, colony size can really range. There are smaller colonies, you know, in the kind of tens up to really large colonies, and they exist all over the place. Um, the ones that we uh, work with are um, rural, so outside Edmonton up to about um, two hours outside of Edmonton. Okay. Um, yeah, so the colonies, we, we were treating three different colonies um, in this uh, week's clinic. So we had between 30 and 40 uh, cats coming in. That you were able to, to capture to bring in, was that the whole colony? How big are these things? Yeah, so these were smaller colonies. So three smaller colonies uh, came in, um, and uh, there was a few uh, litters of kittens as well. So all of the adult cats will be you know, spayed or neutered and then returned back to their colony under the care of a caregiver. And then the kittens we will hold on to and uh, socialize them and see if they're able to be adopted. Because basically the wild ones come in, there's no way you can you can turn them around to make them safe and pleasant and happy to go into a family by any stretch. The kittens, different different story. Yeah, I mean, feral cats have had little to no contact with humans, and so they're really not socialized. Um, so they're really bonded to their colony members. So they, you know, survive best on their own outdoors where, where they're used to. Um, and it's just better for their overall um, well-being. Like, they're, it would be extremely stressful for them to be in a home environment. Um, and, you know, we likely wouldn't want them as our pets. Um, so, yeah, they're they're living outside. They're not 
um, ideally suited for outside. So we do want to get um, control over the size and the, and the growth of those colonies. Uh, since you can't get all of them, you can't get all of the colonies, it sounds like a, a bit of a Band-Aid sort of solution as well, just trying to reduce the uh, the expansion of the population. Uh, is, is that a fair way to look at it? Because uh, you can't get to them all. Well, that's why we're going with this colony approach so that we can, we've got amazing trappers. <laughs> we use um, humane traps that they're, I mean, cats have learned to survive outside, so they're pretty good at getting out of danger. Um, but our team is really good at setting up the traps in a way that is really enticing. And uh, so we're able to target uh, like nearly all of them. The the property owner who contacts us has a pretty good idea of how many cats they're expecting. And we kind of sometimes, you know, add 50% because <laughs> sometimes there's a few more that crawl out of the woodwork. Um, so yeah, they have a pretty good sense of how big the colonies are and we're able to get all of them. So when we go into a colony, we really do aim to get all of them. Um, unfortunately, there's lots of colonies. So, um, you know, the, the previous strategy that we used where we're kind of doing some one-off, it, it, it helps, but and it helps that cat, and it might help us to slow the growth a little bit. Um, but we know that this strategy, going in and going after an entire colony, is much more effective. Uh, it's the Edmonton Humane Society. You said this is a lot of rural uh, populations uh, outside your jurisdiction. What's what's the uh, what's the reason for that? Well, we support um, people outside of our outside of Edmonton City proper um, all the time with many of our different programs, and so this is you know it aligns with the um, population that we have. And the City of Edmonton offers the TNR program as well, um, so we've got um, coverage through um, you know our partners as well as us. And there's other groups doing this work too. Um, so we're really proud that we're able to kind of join in with these other groups doing this work. Uh, Liza Sunley is the uh, CEO of the Edmonton Humane Society, joining us this morning. Give you an idea just how busy it is right now. We've talked to uh, with other rescue groups. You've heard different news stories uh, from lots of different venues uh, just about how overwhelmed they are, and I assume you are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has been a very, very busy time. Um, you know, we're always operating at full capacity. We aim to, you know, we don't want to go over capacity because we're not able to provide the proper care mm. and maintain the welfare of those animals. Um, so we do, we're always working at capacity. We do have, um, you know, we know that the need is greater than we're able to uh, fill right now. Um, but we're also really lucky. We've got an amazing community who comes and adopts the animals too. So, you know, every time that someone comes in and adopts, we, it makes Space for the next animal that needs help. So uh, we've had a really wonderful summer with lots of people coming out to adopt and uh, making room for those next animals that need our help. Are you still accepting surrenders? Yes, we do. Um, so we do accept surrenders. We have a, um, an appointment-based surrender kind of program. So um, uh, we assess what the needs are and how urgent the need is. But we also do a lot of work to help prevent those surrenders. So we really want to work with the family to find out what is the, the reason that they um, are contacting us to surrender because often there's things that we can do. Um, so sometimes it's um, some financial support. So we've got some different programs. Sometimes it's things like not being able to spay or neuter, not being able to afford to spay or neuter their pet. We have a low-income um, subsidized spay neuter program, so uh, a food bank, things like that. So we're really trying wherever we can to help animals stay with their families rather than needing to come into shelter too. All right. Uh, Liza Sunny, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good chatting with you. Thank you. Th- thank you. Okay, take care. Uh, she's the CEO of the Edmonton Humane Society talking about the uh, the, the trap, neuter, and return, T- TNR program that they're doing with some cat colonies. Get the feeling they're going to show up on National Geographic, just like the meerkats did back in the day. The, the feral cat colonies and the uh, the social hierarchy within. I'd watch that. 
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.